You are listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we are working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him to the, in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve him. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out, many crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place, and the people sought him and came to him, and he would have and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So just to create a bit of context so that we understand where we are in this text. Um, last week we saw that Jesus was in Nazareth and there he did something truly astonishing in proclaiming that he has come in fulfillment of the scriptures. Essentially proclaiming that he is the Messiah. And he did make reference to Capernaum within that passage. And this week we find ourselves in Luke chapter 4. And here we are in Capernaum. And within this passage we can see that, that there's a lot of emphasis on, on Jesus' authority, divine authority. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I want to be pointing out this week. Um, but first off, as we read in chapter 31, that they went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. Now it's interesting that Luke uses the phrase down to Capernaum because if we look at a map, Capernaum is actually to the north of Nazareth. But it's funny because it's about 700 meters below sea level. So this is just an interesting bit of detail that Luke brings in there and I think that it's pretty interesting. Um, we also find that Capernaum is the basis of Jesus' ministry in Galilee, and this is actually where he called Matthew, Simon, and Andrew to follow him. So we see the central role that Capernaum plays. Now carrying on, we see that he teaches them on the Sabbath, and that they were astonished at his teaching. Now this isn't foreign to us because it's very customary for Jesus to be preaching on the Sabbath. But we see that they were that they were astonished by the authority, and then we have to ask ourselves, why this astonishment? 
and then we think Jesus is this word. We read in John chapter 1 verse 14 that the word became flesh and he carried this authority because he was the word. Where all the other rabbis were preaching from human authority or quoting from each other, he was essentially quoting from himself. He is God incarnate, which is the word, which is the word that he's preaching to us. And that's why he carries this authority. And that's what's central to this text. Now immediately in verse 33, we see that he's confronted by a man that's possessed by a demon. And in verse 34, the demon says, How? What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, Jesus being confronted by this demon paints this picture of this battle that's happening between the fallen cosmicness of this world and Jesus Christ who's come to bring restoration to us. It's interesting to note that this demon knows precisely who Jesus is in saying you are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebukes him. Now it's interesting because this rebuke isn't just a stern mark of disapproval, but it's a divine rebuke over the world's forces of evil and the fallenness in this world. So this rebuke carries a lot more weight to it. We also see, as we carry on reading, that Jesus says to the, to the demon, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him to the ground in their midst, he came out having done him no harm. Now this points to two things. Firstly, that Jesus has total authority over the spiritual by casting this demon out. And secondly, that Jesus' power is above that of the demon because this man is unharmed. We can look at this statement that the demon makes in saying, have you come to, sorry, um, have you come to destroy us? You can look at it as the demon challenging Jesus in, have you come to destroy us as in me and this person? Are you going to try and take me out of this person? And Jesus does without harming him. Even when the demon throws him to the ground, the man is unharmed. So this is a true testimony to, to Jesus' power over this demonic presence. Now as we carry on, we see that the people were amazed, saying, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Here we see that the people haven't yet grasped like, what Jesus' authority is and who he is in the word. We also look at the broader sense and we see that Jesus has begun to heal the fallen world, bringing order to its chaos, bringing the kingdom of God to earth through the word. Now here we see in this passage or section of text that Jesus has complete control over the spiritual. And then we ask ourselves, now, what about the natural? And there we continue reading in verses 38 and 39. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they, appeared to him on her and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve him. Now here, Jesus finds himself in Simon's house and we're introduced to his mother-in-law. Now it's only in Luke's text that we hear that she has a high fever. And this points to the severity of her condition. We see that Simon and the others appeal to Jesus for her healing. This might indicate that she's too weak to appeal herself. 
Now it's interesting because Jesus stood over her, rebuked the fever, it left immediately, and she rose and began to serve. Now, in this healing and within the spiritual healing, it's the authority of the word that does the healing. This word rebuke is also the divine rebuking. So it's not just rebuke, divine rebuking within the spiritual sense, but within the natural as well. And the fact that the healing is immediate and that she has the strength to rise and to serve them is just a true testimony to Jesus' ultimate power and authority over the natural as well as the spiritual. It's not one or the other, it's everything. He's got all the authority. In verse 40, it carries on where people appear as the sun goes down, and this is an indication that the Sabbath has ended. And something truly astonishing happens because as they bring their sick with various disease, we see that Jesus doesn't only heal them with the word, but he lays his hands on them. This shows Jesus' true compassion and care for the people who are in need. This was a very uncommon practice in those times, especially among the Jews. Yet Jesus loved the sick and the needy, and he brought them to them and laid his hands on them, healing everyone, not just some of them, but everyone that night. We carry on in verse 41, and we see that Jesus has another encounter with demons. And many of them cried out, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Now, this is interesting because this is the second encounter with the demons and again, it sounds like the demons are speaking truth to who Jesus is. They know his identity. But then why is Jesus rebuking them? And there's many thoughts as to why this might be true. It might be because, yes, it's true, but they're speaking it out of a place of hate and disgust towards Jesus. It might be because the time hasn't yet come for the people to truly understand who Jesus was. Or it might just be because Jesus rebuked them, because although they were speaking truth, they might have also spoken falsehood, which would have deceived the people into not understanding why Jesus is here and what he's doing. If we look at verse 31 through 41, we see that Jesus' authority is evidenced through these miracles that he did. It's important to note that the miracles isn't the primary thing we should be looking at. It's what they point to, and that's Jesus' authority in every situation, and His power as God in every situation. This should show us our dependence on Christ, because we are in this fallen world. That knowledge of Jesus' authority should turn our eyes towards Him. It should turn us towards Him. Because our sinful natures will have us look at our lives and think we have the authority. We have the ownership of our own lives, which we don't. Jesus is in control of everything. Jesus is the authority over everything. And for those of us who are in Christ, this is a reassurance. Because when those evil forces or the chaos of this world comes and confronts us, we have a mighty fortress in Jesus. We can bring anything to Jesus, any physical situation, any uncertainty, spiritual lack, we can bring to Jesus because He is in authority over all those things. In verse 40, 42, we see that Jesus departs to a desolate place. 
And if we take the account of Mark, we see that Jesus does this to pray. Now, I think this is a very important note because it helps us or it reminds us that prayer is a very integral part of our Christian walk, especially in building a relationship with God. I mean, if, if Jesus saw time to pray, how much more should we seek time to pray and build relationship with God? And for us now, we have the reassurance, as it says in Romans 8.34, that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. How reassuring is that? For those who are willing and able, these are words that point us to Him waiting to hear our prayers. He longs to hear our prayers. He longs to hear our suffering. He longs to comfort us in those times that we need Him the most. Anchored, I encourage you, go to Him in prayer, in every situation, physical, spiritual, uncertainties, anything in life. He's waiting to hear your prayers. And finally, in verse 43, we see the true reason why Jesus has come to earth. And that is to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Yes, this passage is full of miracles and it proves God incarnate and evidences his authority. But it is in this mandate that the true purpose of his authority comes through and that is in preaching this good news to everyone. And it is this that brings me to the big idea. Jesus exercises his authority as the word to remove those things that separate us from his good news. Now what does this mean? Well, it means that through the Word, we find our strength in Christ. It is through the Word that we hear the good news that the Son of God came down as man, lived the sinless life that we could never live, died on the cross, paid the price that we could never pray, was resurrected, ascended to heaven with the promise of coming back and redeeming us. That's our good news. And we find that in the Word. We find that in Christ. And it's because Christ has come in victory that we are sent to spread this good news to everyone around us. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.